add that it's obviously we're not going to find in the Bible it says you, your children must only have like two hours a day, like, you know, these pediatrician recommendations you read. The Bible doesn't have that, but it's, it's important to take note of what they're watching, the content, the quality, and, and, and it's, I always find it interesting that they, you know, when you're on a computer, it's called windows, because the, like the verse that Joey shared, they are windows, and mm. what are you letting into your home? You know, they're being influenced by these things, and if, you know, the, the time they spend getting influenced by these shows or games that have, do not always have their best interests at heart, you know, that's time that is taken away from you as a parent, spending time with them, um, pouring in the word and, and the values that you want them to have. Um, but when you do have that screen time, like Joey was saying, we, and again, I'm talking like I've only, we've had three babies and three years of experience, so I'm sure you guys probably have really great tips too, but um, thinking about what the Lord has shown us, having, talking with our daughter about what she, what we're watching and the values and and um, things that characters have done right or wrong and um, and also giving her we've given her a lot of um, uh, exposure to like we try to find biblical things like she listens to the Bible a lot of auditory more than screens like we're listening to Bible stories and things like that and it, you know there's an app where you can actually like play the Bible and it's uh, not just narrated but dr dramatized and getting more of the word into her that way and. And, and songs rather than, than watching things. Um, but I, I guess just taking note of what they're watching as well as how much they're watching. I, I think it's I, something that comes to mind is it's important your, the age bracket of your child as well. I, I, think, I think I heard this from Joey, so, um, but like a lot of the people that started social media companies will not let their kids be on social media. And because it's detrimental to their welfare. And so... There's, um, a, there's a private school in Silicon Valley where smart devices are not allowed and all the yeah. elites send their kids there. So that, that in and of itself is a little scary for me um, because they made this stuff. But um, uh, I, I, we're not a like no screen, uh, no screen family home or whatever, but we are very selective as well, and I think it's important. Uh, I think Zach gave that illustration from Sandy Adams. Now it's a third time removed. A parent with two kids, two parents going into an airplane, and one of them explaining everything that's happening. And a lot of times what you see um, uh, on the Internet doesn't come with explanation. You know? So then are you leaving your kid to teach themselves context for what, they're, what is going in their brain? Um, which to me, that's the, that's the scarier thing. It's, uh, we have a lot of questions, and they keep Just coming in. before yes, you go please. to the next yeah. question, when, um, long time ago, when the dinosaurs were here that I got started, <laughs> tele uh, radio program on Christian radio, it was 30 minutes. They cut it down to 50 minutes because of the attention span. Mm. You know what the attention span is today? It's fallen from 12 seconds in the 2000s to 8 seconds. So the, the verse that came to my mind was uh, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Hmm. My heart to parents today would be, if you're going to allow your kids to have video games and be on the screen, you would be wise. You would be wise to at least balance that time with the child uh, being still, which oh, that's almost an oxymoron, right? But with the child learning, you know, visually, auditory. And the last thing I'll say on the subject is remember that the scripture says faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say it comes by watching. 
there's something about auditory and learning. You, you see it sometimes in people that are visually challenged. They don't have a lot of vision. And, and the things they're able to, to hear and listen. Remember the grasshopper and martial arts, how so much of the training was blindfolded so that they would learn to expand their other senses. So personal experience, uh, our kids, and we, we try to, let me just put it this way, most of our kids, we try not to go to the video. One of them that did, they had to pay their own games. If I had another do-over opportunity, I wouldn't allow any videos. With respect to many people here that you're very bright, very able, I just think what you would be if you didn't have that much time on the screen. Mm. But again, in the Lord, everything is permissible. Um, and so thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Ez. That's why we have you here. <laughs> um, how do we teach gratitude to kids other than just saying thank you for things? Mm. Great question. Model it. Body taking thing. care, yeah. right? Taking care of what you have taking shows gratitude. Taking everything away from them. No, I'm just kidding. Taking care. Taking care. <laughs> taking, care. <laughs> taking care of what you have, yes. I mean, I think, I think also, like, like uh, immediately buying and replacing whatever it is that breaks, you know, I think that's something that might teach them that there isn't any uh, value, uh, you know, to things. But uh, taking care of what you have is important. Yeah, I, I guess I should say something. I'm here for a reason. Um, yeah, what came to mind is that um, in, along those lines is sometimes we give way too much. Mm. And uh, mm -hmm. I just remember one Christmas when we had so many presents. And we tried to, like, balance so we're not giving too much to one child and the other so it's fair. And, and um, so then we just it kept growing. So each child had, like, so many presents and then the following year i think we slimmed it down and and it's just like we live in a society that we think that that we have to give them more than what they really need and if we just uh are a little more selective and and tone it down they can learn to to appreciate what they do get that's awesome and to instill that that heart of they don't really deserve everything it's just whatever the lord blesses them with Awesome. Um, are there any resources to help explain hard topics to your child according to their age group? That's a tough one. Resources like books or something. Bookstore. In the bookstore, you can get some good resources. Um, I mean, we mentioned uh, explaining hard topics. I've seen one. I think I have one. I, I don't remember the name of it. And uh, if my wife remembers, she could text me the name. Um, and, but um, when I get that information, I'll, 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 I'll jump in with that one. I don't know if you guys have anything else. If not, we'll skip to the next one. Ask the question again. Are there any resources to help your, uh, explain hard topics to your child according to their age group? The, I mean, other than the Bible. Other than the Bible. <laughs> yes, okay, thank you. <laughs> that was my immediate you know, answer is the Bible. But. Uh, can I? Yeah. Let me just say one thing. Um, it depends upon what the hard topic is. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, today there's so many topics, and so I would say that before you use your search engine mm -hmm. and look up stuff that may or may not be true or may or may not be something that's actually going to be helpful mm -hmm. rather than cause more mm -hmm. chaos to come, um, 
you know, search things out because you might find out that what they're saying is happening is really not the mm -hmm. case. And so um, just yeah. take things with a grain of salt and the word and see it through. And then the other thing is there are some difficult topics that are always going to be there, you know, like uh, sibling situations or uh, teaching your children about, you know, their bodies and other people's bodies and things like that. And those there are like solid Christian resources that you can go to on that in the books. Yeah, yeah and I'd like to say real quick, because I know that I probably opened a can of worms about the uh, books that are Christian and psychology. Not all books are terrible, but if you read, um, and then there's got to be, there's a red flag when we think, what resources are there out there other than the Bible? And the Word of God says in 2 Timothy, Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. It, it's dangerous to think what is out there that, that will guide me other than the Bible yeah. because honestly, it's all here. Yeah. I think that's awesome. If I could just throw in there... Um, Sometimes, yeah, on, on just basically reinforcing what they've both said is that we want something to make it easy. I don't, I don't know if there is always an easy way to get through challenging difficulties or conversations. For something like this, at least in, in our home, we'll, we'll get a book, but I'll read that book before I read that book to, you know, my son, because I want to know, it's going to go through my, my, my head and heart, and I, I might edit that as I'm talking, um, and uh, one of those books I, I got, and I edited, so it's not all 100%, um, it's not bad, necessarily, I just, for, for my, you got to know the age level of what you're, you're talking to, God Made All of Me was the, the book that we got for that, and um, I did not read it verbatim, I read it and paraphrased it, uh, portions of it. Um, but the best thing that you could do is look at the scriptures, and what came to mind while Jerry was talking is you have a, like a, a mama bird that goes out and gets the food and then chews it and then gives it to their kids, and I think part of the problem is that sometimes it's hard for us to go to the scriptures, get the food, and then to chew it so it's digestible for them, but that's our job. Like God gave us our kids with their personalities and their challenges to do that. And it's interesting that oral tradition was so important, mm -hmm. the Bible. That's how we got it, you know. Um, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, the Bible tells us that the most wise person that ever existed is Solomon, King Solomon. And we know where he got his wisdom from. The Bible teaches us that if anybody needs wisdom, what are we supposed to do? Ask God and he will give it to you. And first of all, I hadn't said it. I'm honored to be here with so many parents that you think enough about parenting, that you're here to, mm. to have God teach you. Just pray that next time they do this, we would have hopefully the whole church out here. But I also want to tell you that one of the things that helped me a lot in my relationship with the Lord is being a father. Mm. And you know how it is as you father, maybe not you, but a lot of what my kids were doing, I would say, Lord, I, I think I'm doing this to you, am I not? And, uh, and so... When you ask the Lord, as, as you deal with, I think it's been mentioned already, I've been listening to the teachings, and it's been great stuff we, we've been getting here. As you're going through things, don't allow your parenting to shortcut 
your relationship as a son and daughter. Mm. You know, you have a heavenly father. And as you go to your heavenly father for wisdom, you're going to get wisdom. You're going to get illustrations. A final thing I'll say on the notice in disciplining, one of the things I've learned, if you go to the seven letters in Revelation and you see Jesus, you see God disciplining the church, you notice how he gave compliments. He would say, hey, I know your works. You know, I know your strength. I know you're weak. Uh, and then he would lay on, you know, the, but this is what I have against you. This is what we've got to work on. And then he would finish complimenting. Hey, but if you return, if you repent, if you get right, I will take you in. So I, I apply, I try to apply that in discipline. I, you know, I have witnesses here, so I got to be careful. But, <laughs> but at least I tried, I tried to apply that, you know, compliment, you know, hey, here's what we got to do. This is what happens. Don't we have this, this agreement, you know, or, or this understanding? Okay, now I got to do this, you know, unless, unless you could show me scripturally. Otherwise, I got to do this now. And so uh, in answering the question, resources, there's some that are out there. I pray that as we go to those, we examine those to see how they highlight what the Bible already teaches. So we might get information on application, but I think uh, Pastor Jerry said it's so great. Right in this 66 books, you will find in your relationship with God that you have everything you need for the child that God has entrusted to you. And Chris, if I can. Yeah, I mean, sure. Sometimes those hard things are, are hard because we're freaking out about it, but if the Holy Spirit, we pray, Holy Spirit's inside of mm -hmm. us, we're in the Word of God, and we believe that He's going to give us the words we need to speak, then the fear is not the conversation. The fear is, are you going to just do what God has you to do? I don't know. I, I, I say it all the time to different kids and different people. In a sense, you fake it till you make it. I got to have this conversation, and you might not feel comfortable right. till the second you start talking with them about it, but as you start talking with them, you, you got to go for it because the other option is no good, right? I'm not going to yeah. give them instruction right. on the word and be an example. And so sometimes it's hard. And I've heard other kids in a similar scenario like this have told their parents that the best thing that they ever learned from them was when they would come back always and apologize for their mistakes. Mm. So if you had the conversation, it didn't work out right. Yeah. Hey, I, you know that conversation we had yesterday yeah. kind of didn't go like that. Let's try it again. Yeah. And they learn more from the mistakes of the parent in, you know, some cases yeah. than that. So just sometimes you just got to go for it. Just Yeah, I think it's important to, if I, can, if I can jump in there, I think it's important also that, um, so sometimes we, we come to those conversations, some of them, you know, awkward. I mean, as, as your, your, you know, uh, child discovers their body and you, or puberty is coming soon, those kinds of conversations, one of the questions here. Um, are, are how do you have uh, those conversations when, you know, they're toddlers, you know, these, these things. They're awkward and uncomfortable for us because we have a sin nature and we have all kinds of baggage and we have all kinds of awareness of the sin in the world. Um, I think it's, it's good for, for us to remember that this, you know, life is kind of there for you to lay down a foundation, you know, and at least... I found the younger the kid, the more you just say, the younger the child, the more you can just say, hey, this is right, this is wrong, this is the way it is. The younger they are, there's a lot less, like, of all the baggage, awkward questions we're afraid they're going to ask. As they get older and they encounter that into the world, uh, if they run into it in the world before they run into it at home, then they have all these other questions because they think the, the world put those questions in their mind and heart. But if you start early and you have these conversations at their level, you're really just kind of laying down 
I, I'm always shocked at how uh, often I could just say this. It, it's like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, that's not how it usually goes when I talk to adults. <laughs> but um, but I, I think just having the conversations is the important thing. Um, and, and trusting that the Lord gave you that child, you know, that, that you can digest that for them. Um, let me see. Um, so here's, here's an interesting question, and I think we have a lot of representation here. Uh, should we homeschool our kids as Christians? How do we choose where we send our child to school? Um, <laughs> so the way we chose, uh, we prayed a lot. Um, it was prayer, the word, and the circumstances. So prayer, we got a sense in prayer in a certain direction to uh, enroll in LHM. Uh, the word, everything in the Bible supported that. It didn't say not to do it. It all was check marks. And then the circumstances um, for us, and this is where I will hand it to Tiffany uh, to make sure I didn't get it wrong, were uh, the two main ones I can remember is this is our church. This is our ministry. This is our home. And then secondly, she was having another baby. So it was really helped uh, that God had provided people to step in and love and nurture and care for and teach our daughter for a few hours a day in this season of our life. Um, confirming that, yes. And I went to public school pretty much my entire life. And I never had a stage of rebellion. I never, you know, kind of went off the deep end like my husband's testimony, which he can always share with you. Um, so just putting that out there that if you're, you know, people who have their children in public school aren't automatically bad parents and you're, that child's going to automatically, you know, fall into some terrible sin because I didn't. However, I remember what it was like in public school and I would not want that for my children um, unless the Lord, you know, specifically told me at a certain age that that's what he's calling us to do. And again, it's, it's all about circumstance and the child's maturity and all that. It's, it's not that, you know, it's automatically a sin if you have to put your child but you need to really be led of the lord of um where they go and when they go and and it's something that at least us we're taking prayer year by year you know taking it by prayer but we've been really blessed at lhm saying all that to have those like one of the speakers was sharing to have those different voices that are confirming what mm -hmm. we're teaching them rather than them hearing different voices sharing you know teaching different things um especially at the age that our daughter's at right now. It's really awesome to have a church family that we are all of one heart and one mind and, you know, teaching them the Bible and confirming and reaffirming the things that we're trying to teach her at home. It's been really a blessing. Yeah, and you got to be very flexible to what God has you to do. We had our, our uh, oldest son in, I guess, a Christian daycare. Yeah, it was a Christian. It was at a church. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And then he went to a Christian school for a little bit. And we were like, he's going to public school. He's going to a bilingual Sunset Academy, a, private, a public school, because that's what we want. And then we said that for years. And then all of a sudden, as we were still open to God, we had what we wanted. We had what we thought would be great. I wanted bilingual, you know, type education. And, we, and you got to be open to the Lord. And then we're praying. And God starts leading, and LHM was already happening. So even with LHM, we were uh, praying about still, you know, having him in that public school. God led us, as again, as you listen, as you pray, you're reading, uh, you, these things come along. And um, we ended up 
then putting him in LHM, and it was really great. And it's 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 uh, it was great. And then the Lord a couple years ago goes, now here you take LHM, you know. So, um, but we didn't have that in mind in the beginning. We had another thought. So you got to be really seeking the Lord, uh, even if you have a a thought maybe it is LHM and the Lord says no I have this school right here I want you there that's fine too it's yeah. not the answer for everyone but, but you just mm-hmm. got to be open to God every step of the way yeah. same thing for like colleges you know send them away to college to me the answer is always no <laughs> keep them here <laughs> um, I mean that is my thought but I'm, I'm not joking <laughs> but um, but uh, I've just seen some terrible things but again you have to pray you and your family to the Lord, and that has to be the decision made, um, you know, so. And for those that aren't familiar with what LHM is, we have a, a homeschoolers ministry here at the church, a school here, it's a big blessing, um, and uh, uh, I was expecting Adrian to see, well, I'm the, I'm the principal of the school, so that's how I chose, but uh, he asked, answered a much better answer. Um, did anybody have any answers? Because there was yeah. also a homeschooling element that was mentioned there. Yeah, yeah, because I did mention we homeschooled uh, from birth. Um, this is a... Uh, I was thinking about this, and I was talking to Chris. We had lunch before this, and the thought that came to mind is this topic for a lot of parents, it's almost like politics, Hmm. that when you talk about one side, you get mad because somebody else (laughs) follows the other side, and then the other side gets mad at the other, and you're so set in your ways on both sides. I'm not saying one or the other. I'm not saying because I homeschooled. the truth is that ultimately you are responsible for your children. So God has entrusted them to you. So whether you take them um, to public school, uh, LHM, which is, which is a great, um, in, not in between, because it's really, you know, it, it's a church and it's school, but, but it has more like a one-on-one focus with uh, the children. Or if the Lord calls you to homeschool, whether it's any one of those or a private school, you are the principal. Mm. You are still the mm-hmm. teacher of those children. Mm-hmm. You're entrusting them for a time during the day, but when they come home, mm-hmm. you spend that time to find out what did they learn, who did they learn from. And, and even in LHM, which, which is in a great, controlled, godly environment, um, you can't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And just like I had shared about the Pharisees, you can't think, oh, they're in church and they're memorizing all these things, so they got it. It's really their personal walk with the Lord. You need to um, know the state of your flock. You can't think that someone else is going to have all the answers because they have them for a certain time and they can direct in a very great way, but you have to still be um, the principal of, of, of your children. You know, one of the things that that it's great to remember. And before I go on, I want to say that we're here, at least I'm here, not as experts, you know, not like we know it all, uh, because we've been blessed, you know, and, and we still have the grandkids now coming up, which we're responsible, to, not like the parents, especially since the parents are here. But you're never done with life. You're always learning. I think the challenge is if you ever think you're an authority, um, God might have you go through things to see how, how little of an authority you are. Mm. So I wanted to say that. But the other thing I wanted to encourage you is that as you're here today, as we're here, the beautiful kids that you have, 
God couldn't have entrusted them to anybody else. Mm. So one of the things that's going to help you, one of the things that I think is so valuable is like in, in the Bible, when you see the Levites, God had a purpose with the Levites and, and the Levites and the children, the priests and their children. You know, sometimes people look at it as nepotism, but God sent his son. He didn't send somebody else's son. So from the Bible, you see that God is he's very thorough. And it's true that a lot of times law enforcement uh, will have children that are in law enforcement. If you have a calling, if you do it unto the Lord, if you do it with joy, your kids see that. And hopefully the next generation will excel even greater than the prior generation because they've seen it. They, they can analyze. They can observe. Hey, that's a mistake I'm not going to do. So all of that to make the point that as you think about public school, LHM, homeschooling, it would be so wonderful if you say, wait a minute, Lord, why have you entrusted this child to me? And we've read this uh, and we've, we've said it uh, also. Train up a child in the way he should go, she should go. When God gave you a child, he might be the next president or she might be the next president. And when you're aware of that and you're seeking the Lord and you're making those decisions, um, it's going to be so much more wonderful. You're going to see confirmation. You're going to see affirmation. You're going to see inspiration because the Lord is going to say, oh, wait a minute. You really want to be a steward for the child that I've entrusted you to? And, and maybe some of the guys, they wanted to play football and you weren't that good football player. So now you're, you're going to live through your son and, and you're going to force him to do football when maybe he never would have wanted football. But if you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, what is it that you want for this child? Show me, guide me, uh, personality. So uh, last thing on the subject, as I, I, I grew up in public school and I almost didn't make it. I'm here by the skin of my teeth. You know, it has a lot to do with the character of your child. Mm. You know, the personality of your child. Hey, the things I was getting in public school, I was going to go toe-to-toe, you know. So I, I do think that my life would be so much different maybe if I would have grown up in LHM, you know. And so uh, I would just encourage you. The Lord, he's in charge. He'll show you. If you pray and you seek the Lord, he will show you. And, um, and as the child grows up, you're going to rejoice and you say, Lord, thank you, you know. So um, Moses, right, he, he had his own mom now in a different role in a sense, pouring into him. And what a great job she did that he grows up in Pharaoh's court and yet he realizes, man, I want to be with God's people. Hmm. I mean, that mom must have, in, in what's the word, downloaded into him so many beautiful things. And so the thing that Pastor Jerry said also, don't uh, acquiesce, don't, don't delegate your influence and your position with the child that God has entrusted to you. You step up to the plate on that because it's a wonderful opportunity. You don't get a second. You don't get a do-over. And then they grow up and you want to have that and, you know, you miss your spot. So, you know, you pour into them, you teach them, learn what they do. Hey, what did you learn in school today? We would do that. We would drive home. Uh, I still would drive home. I would drive to drive them to school. And hey, on sun, on Mondays they knew the, the, the drill. What'd you learn in church, you know? And then if I picked them up, you know, hey, I'd try to get some uh, some feedback. I don't know if you remember that, Alicia. Was that true? Or did I dream that? <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy, and when you make that decision, check check out the personality of your son or your daughter, 
Because if you put them in an Egyptian school, mm. it might be very difficult to get the Egypt out of them. Mm. Egypt is a representation for bondage and for sin. Some kids, you don't have much uh, of a leeway. You know, Alicia, we could have put her anywhere. Um, the other two, and one that I won't mention, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little <laughs> bit different. A lot like his dad. So check out the personality of your yeah. son and daughter as you make the decision. Where does God want him to, to be trained? I heard something in, in, uh, as I was preparing for it, and I thought it was uh, for the teaching, and it was so, so true. The, the culture that you and I live in right now is not what it was 30 years ago. Um, what you'll encounter in, uh, in the world is not what you would encounter 30 years ago. Maybe 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you maybe could have afforded to put your kid in front of a television, and they would have reinforced what you're teaching at home. That hasn't been around in decades. And so, and so, you know, the, the, the environment or the culture uh, in a public school is, is not what it used to be. And you should be informed of any environment that you put your kid into, and you should know your kid. So, throw that out there. Um, so, uh, okay, okay. I'm not really comfortable with spanking with an object. God disciplines and loves with the same hand is it wrong in quotes or against the word to spank with my hand i i've done both i don't know if there's something specific <laughs> um if there's something I, I i don't think the the point is discipline i mean do something um i i don't think to me i mean you guys correct me wrong is there is there a specific verse that says you cannot spank with your hand there's advice. I, I think the question is coming from one of the teachings was encouraging to use a rod because yes. mm -hmm. the Bible says rod. And we have, right. And yeah. So I and there's and, and the reasons why they were said for that were very valid. Um, some people, I've heard this too, don't know the strength of the mm -hmm. object, and so they can control that more to get the right. Uh, speed or precise measurement to not um, to not hurt, to not hurt, over yeah. overdo it by knowing by the feeling on their hand so they prefer their hand um i don't know if there's a specific right or wrong <laughs> so. um again being brand new uh my answer to the question is i'm uncomfortable with spanking at all <laughs> i don't like it yeah thank you what i meant what i meant is that um there's um, always going to be a hurdle to jump through or jump over to do the right thing, right? So figuring it out obviously is the point of the question, but that was the only contribution I had is like, it's really hard for me, period. So, yeah. And I will say this in, in, in our house, when they were smaller, especially your kids are a little bit older now, um, one of them would laugh every time I, hmm. and he would just, <laughs> oh, that tickled, you know? And it was like, you know, you had to, you know. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't laugh at me. No, they would <laughs> laugh at me. Um, and then the, 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 the having the object in a space and having to walk from the living room to the kitchen was also a, amazing, an amazing deterrent. Um, uh, deterrent and tool for myself. So as I'm walking, I'm saying, Lord, you know, please, as I do, you know, and because uh, I don't want to. <laughs> um, but, but that the object at that point in their life was very helpful that it was somewhere else, you know, in the house that we had to kind of walk there and think about it and talk about it, so. I understand that the question, it almost sounds like 
you know, like, oh, it, it sounds harsh to use an object rather than a hand, but I think that, and again, I don't know if one is, if it's wrong to use your hand, but I, the benefits that I have heard are what you mentioned, the fact that you have a visual reminder for the child that they see, you know, in a place, they see you walking there, you have a chance to cool off, they have a chance to mm -hmm. maybe straighten up, you know, during that time, and, and maybe even, especially if, when, in those times of impatience, it's easier for us to hit with our hand out of anger than it is mm. to, you know, walk over here and grab this object. Because if you're in that moment, they do something, you know, they, hit, they hurt their sibling, that's almost sometimes can be out of, you know, you know, slap them over the head, you know, and that was maybe not the right way to do it versus, okay, are we going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do this. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to get, you know, the spoon or whatever object you have. And, and that's, there's almost more gentleness in using an object rather than, than using your hand for those reasons. I think that's possible. It's good to be reminded in, in the scriptures it does utilize the rod. And, and in, um, in Proverbs 22, 15, uh, it even says the rod of correction. So the rod is to correct, is to instruct, is not to beat, is, is that learning through pain that we receive quickly. And, and it's good also, whoever wrote that, remember, God's hand disciplines, but his hand utilized the Assyrians. His hand utilized mm. the Babylonians. His hand utilized um, affliction. So it's not that God's hand directly came upon those that he loved uh, in, in correction, but his hand was upon them mm. through the instrument, uh, the particular rod that he was using at the time. Uh, so that, that's something to think of in the days that we live in. I mean, uh, I'm just trusting our environment, but, you know, there, there's physical uh, abuse sometimes. And it's not just in my day it used to be the man to the woman. In the days that we live in, a lot of uh, women uh, cases of abusing the man. And so the rod is good to show your child that the human hand should never be tolerated in any type of uh, expression of anger or, or attempt to discipline or correct. Uh, you know, so those dads that have uh, daughters, something to keep in mind. And I, I wanna go on record on saying that I never had a problem uh, with discipline as long as he so did it. I mean, to the kids, <laughs> so, I, I, no, I no problem with it. It, 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 was, uh, it, was, it was actually difficult for me to do it, but sometimes I did it. But it was mostly when it was, uh, I think, an extreme situation. Um, we had defiant. I think that's been well taught here in the seminar. And if they were defiant of the mother, I never mm. tolerated that. If they went against mom, they saw a, a different side of dad. And, and I would try to teach them, hey, you know, she's your mom, but that's my wife. So anyway, I think some might have a, a, a lot of wisdom on the subject. <laughs> if you've been around it any length of time with Coverage of Miami and have heard Pastor Zach teach, you know that I am shock and awe. <laughs> and he's, let's go to what the Constitution of the House says. <laughs> and so since he's law in that sense of, okay, this is the offense and now this is the consequence of that offense. And so that's what we had. Just for you to know whether it's your hand or a tool, or whatever it is that you use, just make sure that you know you limit yourself, not to the moment, but to what the degree of the situation deserves of punishment. So yeah, our, we had like a little line, okay, so if you didn't obey your, let's say, didn't do your classwork or your schoolwork, 
this was the punishment, you know, you don't get dessert, you don't do this. But by the time it got down to corporal punishment, the biggest one was lying or deception mm. or lack of respect, defiance. Mm -hmm. So those were deception, defiance, those two were like the biggies. And so we'd go over and he'd show them the family picture and then he'd flip oh, it over. We had a picture in front of the calendar, uh, family picture. A family picture. <laughs> of us. You know those tacky calendars from the 80s that y they used to get? And then he would show them, see, look, we're a family. And these are the family rules. And then he'd flip it over. <laughs> and he'd say, and this is why we're going to do this. And so just so that you know, just so that you yourself, like they were saying, it's either that walk to the kitchen or the walk to the counter or whatever it is that you know, OK, you're going to get hit this many times. Because the first time, if you do it, obviously everybody's going to make a mistake. So it's the first time you defy just because you weren't thinking at the time. This one. But if it becomes a second or a third offense, now three strikes, you're out, kind of a deal. So here we go. And so it got more and more intense thereafter. But it was always a limited amount. And he would always like read a scripture to them. But he would like <laughs> biblically instruct them and then physically punish them. And then, yeah. But it was so that you yourself, like you were saying, you wouldn't let your hand be hmm. what automatically just grabs the kid and says, listen, you know, so this way you, you already know these are the parameters, this is the sentencing, and now we're going to put you in the... And I do repent. I, I didn't always get it right, you know, I, I went more to the rod because with my hand it could have been, I think, too heavy. And so I, I also want to say I didn't, I didn't get this thing all right as in parenting. I made many blunders, many mistakes. I did repent. I, I, am, I am sorry, you know, before the Lord. So I wanna I wanna say that also. I think Jerry has some good information to bail us out now. <laughs> no, I, I think everything was uh, mentioned. I just I'm wondering, do you still have that calendar? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny, they found it when we flip side, they found it. Your your brother found it, your sister uh, Amanda found the calendar. So I don't know if they still have it or not. I have it. They, they gave it to me. So anyway, it even had the last time that one of our children got disciplined. Oh, man. And they were like a teenager already, and we were still going by these major rules. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would try to keep record. And, and, and one of the things, you got to be careful when you discipline. Um, again, you got to examine your child. I'm, I, it, you got you to gotta know who you're, you're dealing with. One discipline might work on one child. Mm that discipline will just drive the child more into what you're trying to correct. So, um, but I would try to keep record the date because I would increase it. I, I was wanting to make sure that they would learn this isn't going to stop. That's not going to give up unless you come up with the Lord or uh, a, a, a way that I'm wrong. And so by God's grace, I, I think um, they had pity on me and they behaved. God's mercy, though. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jerry. <laughs> but we do, I still do have that calendar someplace. I think, uh, I think it's, uh, it's been helpful having a specific area. Um, if something happens, you know, in our home, go to timeout in the kitchen. And, and then he, he knows what's next, you know. Um, and then it's been helpful as far as like a, a tool. We, we don't, you know, use our hand. Try not to use our hand. Um, and... Um, because he'll hear it coming, or he'll see, he sees when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm aiming towards the tool. Have a conversation? Oh, really? Aiming towards the tool. I'm sorry. 
Um, and so, and so, <laughs> so uh, it's helpful. Um, at least that's, that's been my experience. Um, th- this might be a question. I, I don't know if, uh, I think Jerry uh, answered it, but I, I wanted to read it. I wanted to, to, to uh, if anybody wanted to throw any uh, thoughts in here. There's been a lot of talks of listening, of not listening to psychology or Christian self-help books, uh, which there's been some talk. I'd say some, not a lot, but there was some talk. Um, to not worry about Christian counseling but stick to the word. Is Christian counseling only okay in church through the pastors? As pastors and parents, do you feel the same way about behavior therapy, which addresses a child's behaviors, emotions, and their heart behind the behaviors? I'm grateful for this seminar, encouraged and blessed by the wisdom. Thank you. Um, I think Jerry mentioned that he, while he's thinking, I, I wanted to say, I don't think that, at least from my perspective, uh, Christian counseling is only okay in the church and through the pastors. I think Christian counseling is only okay when it comes from the scriptures. Anybody can look at the scriptures and get from the scriptures what your life should look like. If it's coming from the Bible and it's not coming from a mixed foundation, if it's got a mixed foundation, I will say, me personally, no legalism. I don't trust it. So, so, you know, if, if it's got half a foundation in the Bible, half a foundation elsewhere, unless I've been elsewhere and I know where that, where that goes or where that leads out, and I, I have a natural inclination against it, I don't know if that's a flaw in my own character or a virtue, so I'll present it for your own evaluation. But, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be in church. It, it has to be scriptural. Because if you just get a little bit of unscriptural counsel, there's a lot of potential danger in that. That's my two cents. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot I can say on this, um, and I can't get into detail because of the, uh, everything, but um, like when we were having problems in our marriage at some point, yes, we, we had problems <laughs> before we started coming to Calvary, and um, we, uh, we went to a pastor that was offering counseling sessions and to try to help out our marriage and and it didn't help because there's no substitute for owning up to your sins mm. and repenting mm. and and even if it's a, a the title is a pastor but they're not like Chris was saying they're mixing the word with psychology it's not effective. And, and in Romans 8, 7, it clearly says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. And, and that's why I'm not sure if the question is referring to um, the be- behavioral um, counseling that comes from the world or from a public school or something like that. And I can tell you that that's addressing a carnal mind. And there's a wisdom of the world and there's the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another verse here that came to mind was First Colossians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And, um, and even before that, I didn't realize the verse before, says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. 
So basically, there is no substitute for the cross of Christ. There's no substitute for understanding and instilling the grace and, and the heart of repentance. And, um, you know, that, that is what truly changes a life. It's God's work working through us and in us. When you try to address the mind, when you try to address, address behavior in of itself, you're just kind of trying, you're, you're trying to make it pretty on the outside, but in the inside, that, mm. that's where you really want to reach. Um, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, um, it's in verse 12 that tells us that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of all the thoughts, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And then verse 13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eye of him who must give an account. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, and, and I think Jerry answered it so well. Again, as we think about it, the scriptures are so powerful. And so when you have challenges, problems, your, your kids, uh, personality, human relationships, the scripture is powerful. Now, I also want to say that there's times that you're going to need a physical doctor if you have a physical malady. Mm. So I don't want anybody that's having a heart issue to say, oh, I need a scripture. God has given us doctors, uh, you know, uh, for a reason. And uh, in, in the study of the mind, you know, psychiatrists, um, you know, they, they, they can't give information. The challenges for us as parents, as pastors, to make sure that we are dealing with someone that is a God-fearing person, that the scripture is what is understood as the only thing ultimately that can bring healing is God through his word. Mm. Um, however, there might be an identification of situations that would be helpful uh, at the proper time. So in giving you uh, hopefully an, an answer that, that I could be accountable for, I would say the scripture is sufficient for any type of sin, situation, behavior, as Pastor Jerry mentioned. Um, as, a, as a parent dealing with kids, sometimes there's kids that, whether it's their chemistry or their makeup, you know, they may need attention, uh, which ultimately the word of God, the prayer, the love is going to go such a long way. Um, I hope that's clear. Uh, I don't know if, if it's not, you could ask me again on it. It was super clear, Pastor Raz, and um, it, um, a lot of it is what I was uh, thinking uh, as well in that behavior therapy as a profession and an occupation and as a kind of focus of part of schooling or whatever, however it falls into or counseling or therapy, we know, I know people that work in that profession and the difference is always the prayers. The, the prayer, they pray for their kids that they work with. If they do behavior therapy, I think that's the official title, 
um, they pray for these children and they care for these children and that's what always makes a difference. And then conversely, if they ever work in group settings or mixed settings, they see the difference of behavior therapy without care or without prayer or without concern. It's just, and I think they've used words like this, it's just babysitting or it's just this or it's just that. It's not really making an impact or a difference. And then the other thing that's interesting about counseling um, uh, is, um, you know, Adrian uh, and I just got some training in chaplaincy and part of the training was counseling. And we were in a, um, a training with complete strangers and they had us do real counseling. Like they're like, you know, they said, you can't like pretend, bring up something that's actually messed up. They're like a, what do they say? Like a level five or something. We don't want you to have a traumatic breakdown, but also not too easy. And uh, we want you to ask for counseling to your partner across the table. And so much of it is just listening. Hmm. Like it's just simple. It's just like a human relationship with somebody that's attentive and caring to you. And so often after those uh, practice sessions, our, we would say, or the partner would say, oh man, I do feel better, <laughs> you know? And it was that simple, yeah, you know, to a degree, um, pending chemical imbalances, real mental health diagnoses, or, or, you know, clinical rather, not real or not real clinical. Uh, but I thought that was interesting too, as far as the counseling thing. And here's the, the last thing I wanted to mention. I love hearing uh, Pastor Raz's stories of um, pastoring and, and growing up in churches and things like that, and how he'll say sometimes, he'll talk about how it was so much simpler. Um, uh, it used to be so much simpler. When somebody had a crisis, they would run to church. They would run to God. You know, wherever that building where God is, they didn't even go to that church. They would just run to the closest church because that's, your life is falling apart, so you cry out to God. Like, it used to be like that. Now you can get a video conference counseling for a low, flat fee. Um, and it's just, our world's just complicated now, so. Um, I agree, yeah, to jump on that, and I'm so thankful for what Pastor Russ said, because I think in today's world, it's becoming the, more and more and more is falling under the umbrella of medical, mm. as a, instead of spiritual mm -hmm. heart issues. All of those spiritual heart, mental, it's getting a lot more fuzzy, those lines that the world is drawing between. Well, this is not, you know, you're because of your conduct and you're a bad person. This is because you're sick, you're unwell. And mm. it's, it's becoming very difficult. And I was um, at the pediatrician one time with my, with my son and I heard a conversation between the pediatrician and another woman next door. And he's, you know, he's a doctor. He's trained to look at these physical symptoms and make a diagnosis. But I heard her giving like spiritual advice almost. She, was, she had a very difficult child who was behaving in a certain way and he was telling her how to discipline the child and it was not according to the word. But as a pediatrician, she's just not even considering, is this right, is this wrong? He's a pediatrician, he's a doctor, he must know what he's talking mm. about and this is what I should do. So I see that more and more um, online, on social media, from doctors and you know, these specialists that are giving this advice as if coming from, well, I, had, I took a degree you know, and I'm trained in this, but when we really look at it, it's a heart issue. And I think that's where the difference is. Is it, if it's a physical issue, you know, the child is, having trouble eating, they need to go to a feeding specialist. I think, you know, I would probably take my child to a feeding specialist if I needed to. But then if I really pray and look and we look and you know, maybe this is actually a heart issue, you know, it's a behavior issue. You really gotta pray and find where is the line? Is this really medical, physical, or is this a heart issue? And if it's a heart issue, then you need the word. 
It's pretty, and it, it, it'll be even more dangerous if it's a heart and a spirit issue and you try to address it with worldly methods or means um, because that'll mess you up. Um, we have one more question. Sorry. Yeah, just, just to remind you, a lot of Skinner, Freud, um, a lot of these sciences, they develop relatively later in our society. And it's good to know that in ministry, and in the scriptures, God was dealing with people's uh, mm. minds mm. and hearts. And, and I have watched. I watched where people would come and repent and seek the Lord. And there would be drastic changes where now it's almost like, well, I got this condition. And so you're going to have to accept me in that condition. And if I step on you or trample on you or, or hurt people along the way, you just have to accept it. Mm. And so that's where the scriptures come in and say, no, you have to repent. And whatever issue we have, the scripture is the foundation and God is above it. So, yes, there might be people with anxiety. There might be people with fear, with uh, anger issues. But that's the beauty of the cross. And that's the beauty of Jesus. So thinking of our seminar as a parent, um, I, I could cite so many examples of parents that the kid did stutter, the kid did have phobias, the kid did have fears, but they had an excellent parent that with prayer and the word, that child was able to excel above their impediment and then function in society in a way that they were able to make a contribution to society. So what a joy that we get to be those parents or those grandparents. I hope that's clear what I just tried to communicate. I wanted to give uh, a shot to this last question, and uh, I, I know that Adrian might have to leave because it's a doozy of a question, but it's the last question, and I wanted to split it up in half because um, it's happening uh, more and more. Uh, what, here's the question. So what do you do with your child or teen if they head in a direction that the Bible clearly teaches is the wrong way, and they live under your roof and continue in it? Uh, example, LG, LGBTQ lifestyle or atheistic uh, is, is having them leave the home a valid thing to do. So I'd like to split it up in half because there's two parts to that question. What do you do with your child if they head in a direction? And so, you know, you hear of like, you know, you, you see your, 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 your boy trying on, you know, girl clothes or pretending or you see something that's concerning. How do you handle that? How do you process that? Um, you, you can't throw your child out of the home. Um, and then how do you handle that when they're, they're of uh, an older age? And then uh, there's other examples there, like they don't believe in God or they're starting to, 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 to do some sinful living. I'll give you guys an opportunity. It's a big question. So child. There's, there, there's a lot of context there. Okay. Um, which we spend days on. But um, it, Jerry said... Right. If if we prepare for these conversations and these topics and these things, and we are talking to our kids, um, it's not the first time that this would come up. Right. So there's already a context for a conversation of if we've spoken about the word, let's go to these things, yeah. which could be different than a parent who now is saved. They've you know a large portion of their kids upbringing was without the Lord not because it was anyone's fault they did, did the parent yeah. didn't know the Lord so they didn't have those biblical principles it's a lot different kind of situation conversation 
Um, it's, it's hard, it's probably harder. I still think there's some way that still needs to be addressed mm -hmm. and done in that context. Um, but, but again, that, I think it just points, to me, uh, one thing and many things that could be said is, is points back to that idea of if we talk to our kids and prepare them on the way up, if we're at that stage, um, those conversations are going to be a lot better, a lot easier to mm -hmm. have because there's context for them. We've spoken about these things, and now here's the action I'm taking, right? You know, this is, this is what we're doing, but you knew this is what we're doing by these actions, and it's not like all of a sudden, I'm dad, you, we've been doing this forever. You've been allowing these things, and now you're going to come and change everything you're going to mm -hmm. do. It's a lot. So, so if we got the time to talk and do deal with those things now, yeah. Yeah, pre preventative, pre preventing is better than, you know, re reacting, I guess. Yeah. So. Any thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just uh, want to address the, the second part. Sure, yeah. May, or, or it, it applies to the first part as well, but what came to mind is First uh, John 1, verse 7. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And, and it, it sort of ties to the other question as well about counseling. And, yep. and um, the first step, I would say, if your teen, if it's gotten too late and your teen is going that direction, don't try to battle it alone. And to bring this to the light and to bring it to the light with God-fearing um, people, you know, like the pastors that you know that they're following and, and basing everything on the Word of God. And, and then you do have, this is a good time to, to have sort of like a counseling, sort of like a, I don't want to say intervention, but it's like to bring things to the light because there are a lot of things that could be behind this. There you know, and that's why I shared the thing about the Pharisees is that sometimes we think that our children, because they grew up in church, that they're saved. And, and, I, and I believe um, Zach's testimony was that at some point, at a teen, he realized, I need a personal, real relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and when we, um, you know, let's say we messed up as parents, and I did not grow up right I was very rebellious but at some point the Lord got me and at some point and, and in speaking to my marriage and I was really awful and unfaithful and I had to come to a point where I had to come to the light and I came to counseling you know with Pastor Raz and George Lee and I had to confess my sins and I had to repent with uh, my, my in-laws and it was a very hard thing. And as parents, we kind of like want to shield and cover things up sometimes. But this is not a time for that. This is, they're in danger. And if you see your child running in front of a car, you do whatever it takes to pull them back from that. And sometimes as parents, we're like, no, because what are people going to think? And um, it's not a time for that. It, it's a time to address it, to make them uncomfortable by the truth. To, to have a time to, to bring them with, with godly people that can go through the word and, and help you. And, 
And also, you know, in speaking of counseling, we can't forget that the Holy Spirit is a counselor. You know, that's a title for the Holy Spirit. So the fellowship with one another, the, the, the bringing things to light, the, the working in of God's word, the, the speaking about repentance, the sharing of the salvation, the message of the cross, that's the best we can do to, to bring them to that point, and it's, it's their free will, and, and, and the Lord is faithful. If it's not now, I have never seen a parent where their child has gone off the deep end, where the parent has prayed that the Lord just left that person go on the rest of their life and then die in sin and never knowing if they're saved. At some point, even in Terry's brother, um, that at the, his last stages in life got cancer, but then he came to the Lord and it was an answer to prayer. The Lord is so faithful and he does answer prayer. Um, what, what I can contribute to this question is what I'm learning. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, even in this conference, in this seminar, um, so often it's been repeated about discipline, physical discipline, the authority of the parents, because I needed to hear it. I need to be reminded and strengthened in some of these things that are hard for me or that I'm weak in. And um, so I have to steel myself to, to, you know, follow through and be a good parent. And so that's why I'm talking about this question with Tiffany on a regular basis now, because I need 18 years to get ready to actually tell my son or daughter, you need to leave our house. Um, and the reason I'm stealing myself if that day comes is because I think it's biblical. Um, we have the testimony of the prodigal son, Luke 15, where he chose to leave. But again, it's very interesting. You know, you have a... a history with your children of teaching them um, you have a testimony with your children and for them to rebel and continue to rebel to the point where you're even considering this they've chosen they've chosen to reject your leadership your authority they've told you they don't want your house they don't want your family they don't want your love and your culture they want what they want and so you you let them go um, and then the other scripture you know why or how does that work or what's the point uh, well, in, in Luke 15, it says he came to his senses. And uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, this is speaking specifically about church discipline, but I think that the principle is the same or very similar. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. And, um, you know, I, I want to learn from the Lord about this because... I want to honor the Lord and serve the Lord and worship the Lord. And um, I don't, 18 years from now, want to turn my back on the Lord f and serve my 18-year-old. Um, and so I, I just want to learn from the Lord about it. You know, it's, it's uh, difficult times that we're living. And uh, my heart goes out to every, every young parent today. Um, when I was growing up, the lines were very clear. Uh, the lines are not foggy. The lines now have become almost promoting and conducive to instill in children that which goes against the Word of God. So what I could say to, to everyone here and, and even myself, 
if I if I re recall the question properly, uh, every day in your choices and our choices and my choices, I'm reaffirming that Jesus is my Savior and Lord, or I'm denying that. And so in Joshua uh, chapter 24, I want to read this to you and then, and then make a point that I, I pray will help uh, all of us, you know, whether you're watching by computer or you're here. But Joshua got to that point where he said to them, he says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. So as a parent, man, if I fear the Lord and I serve him in sincerity and truth, that bridge is there for my child that if early on I detect or the child comes to me and says, for example, there's gender confusion or uh, that's a foundation. Now, sometimes you'll see signs, uh, and, and in my children, the, the lines were very clear in their upbringing. You know, the 18 years or the years that they're on, in our house and the roof, it is very clear. Now, if I would have seen anything, I would have challenged it. Uh, but sometimes life is such that it can, it can surface later. However, as a parent, I, I pray that I would be willing to do the same all along. And that is that, man, I fear the Lord. I want to serve the Lord in sincerity. And then as Joshua here continued, he says, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river. And so much of what's going on today is just a matter of whom you serve and who your God is. Mm. If the Supreme Court is your God, if your flesh is your God, if your feelings is your God's. So much of what's going on today is, well, I feel this way. Well, who do you serve? We walk by faith, not by feelings. And so it's wonderful to see what Joshua here is laying out. And in verse 15, he says, listen, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, if, you, if you're going to say that to serve God and his word is evil, then choose for yourself this day whom you're going to serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose uh, land you dwell. But I love what Joshua comes to here. He says, but as for me... In my house, well, we're going to serve the Lord. And so I, I can tell you that at any point, and you might be tested in this, you know, if it's going to be between serving God or serving your flesh or, or, or what I see the Bible saying evil, as a parent, I'm going to draw a line mm -hmm. and I'm going to say, listen, in, in this house, this house is provided by the Lord. This house is to the glory to the Lord. So, son, daughter, uh, you're going to have to make a decision. And the decision is yours. You know, I love the Lord. I love the word. I love you. But you're going to have to make a decision. And so what I share with you is that my prayer is uh, for every one of us, you got to be so careful because especially in the culture I come from, it's like a nene or la nena, you know, the girl, you, you know, you, you never, you never kind of like draw a line. You never take a stand. Mm. But I think we damage them because they're going to test us and they're going to say, well, I guess the Lord is not that important in this situation because my mom and dad are people that should take a stand. Mm. They're not taking a stand. And I think we're living days that nobody takes a stand anymore. I think we're living days that for the sake of um, um, relationship or, you know, you know, they rather have the elephant in the room than to deal with the elephant and say, hey, this is not an elephant room here. This is an elephant for family. 
uh, and so we're going to deal with the elephants. I, I probably lost you there, but to answer <laughs> the question, uh, to answer the question, man, what do you do? If this is a child, it's your home. So in, in our home, I made it very clear, uh, especially as a pastor, it was clear, you know what? God provides through that in this home. So everything in this home, TV and everything, has got to honor the Lord because it's, it's a clear cut and, and there's no option. When they get older, they have an option. But then, sadly, at worst, what can happen is that the fellowship will be broken. Mm. You know, we cannot be fellowship. I think the scripture that, that Pastor Jerry read was so clear. You know, if we walk in the light, then we're going to have fellowship with one another. And in that fellowship, there's going to be a cleansing. If I'm wrong, if you're wrong, there's going to be a cleansing, you know. Uh, so I pray that none of you will ever have to uh, take a stand. But if you do, man, I pray you take a stand for the Lord because I think that's the only salvageable way that the person you're taking a stand for, which is the Lord and your children, that they would see the light, they would see the truth. And whenever they face the Lord, they won't be able to say, well, daddy didn't take a stand. Well, mommy, mommy accepted me. They, they, they thought it was, I was just born this way or this was something that I had to deal with or no. The Bible, if the Bible is the foundation and God is the authority, then this is what tells me what's a male, what's a female, and there's only two options that God gives me. Uh, this tells me what is right, what is wrong, what is sin, what is not sin, and to the best of our ability uh, in our home, sin is not going to be tolerated on an ongoing basis without being challenged. So thank you for being parents. Uh, <laughs> I give it back to Chris or any one of you that want to add or say something. Let's, yeah, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you guys so much for your time and for being here. Thank you for everyone who's live streaming. I don't know what camera's going, but thank you guys for live streaming. And um, let's close in prayer. God, thank you uh, for this uh, seminar, Lord. Uh, I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be better parents. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be examples to other parents, Lord. I wish everyone was here. Um, but I pray, Lord, that such a strong foundation would be laid in our lives and hearts, that we would become, uh, Lord, the the examples, Lord, um, in our homes, um, Lord, and help us to apply the things that maybe for our home is difficult, Lord. And if anyone is here and they feel uh, defeated, beat up, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would, uh, they would sense your love and grace, your comfort, Lord, refreshing them, Lord, strengthening them, Lord, to, um, to accomplish what you've called them to do, Lord. They're where they are because you've put them there, Lord. Help them. Lord, to recognize and sense your presence, Lord, alongside of them, uh, being their comforter, being their strength, their guide, Lord. Uh, we praise you and thank you, Lord. You are a good, good father to us, Lord. Uh, help us, Lord, to be more like you uh, to our kids, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming.